Hi, my name is Beth, and I am the host of the Seeking Light podcast. In a world that presents us with growth and challenges, there is tremendous light. And this podcast is a source of light through scriptural insights that I have gained through the years. Come join me as I share light in a world that can sometimes be confusing. Hello, how's everybody doing? Thank you for jumping on the app that you're on and listening to this podcast. Um, Just so you know, there were some glitches last week with the podcast platform that I use, which is called Anchor. And so with that having happened, I was able to learn how to transfer my podcast onto other platforms. So I'm on, I'm also on Amazon music. Now I'm on Google's podcast and I'm trying to think I've already been on Spotify anchor by Apple, but I just wanted you to know that there are other avenues, um, that I've been able to set everything up on with the podcast. And so if you're unable to ever pull it up on Apple or Spotify or whatever you like to listen to, um, there's other avenues for it. And I was grateful that I learned a new skill because I had to figure out how to, um, transfer and upload and do all that good stuff. So it was quite a fun experience. Well, I'm again, glad that you joined with me today. I hope you all are doing well and life is good. Uh, we were reading with our children, the scriptures, uh, last night, and we read the opening portion of the come follow me, um, paragraph. And I just wanted to share with you what it said. And it literally sparked this thought in my mind about a podcast. And so as soon as we finished with the kids, um, I started type, uh, piping, putting things on my phone. And when I went to bed, um, I just kept writing more things on. So, uh, this is what we read even on foot. It wouldn't normally take 40 years to travel from the wilderness of Sinai to the promised land in Canaan. But that's how long the children of Israel needed not to cover the geographical distance, but to cover the spiritual distance, the distance between who they were and who the Lord needed them to become as his covenant people. We are all like the the Israelites in some way. We all know what it's like to be in a spiritual wilderness and the same lessons they learned can help us prepare to enter our own promised land eternal life with our heavenly father. So what I wanted to share with you today is about our, the wilderness that we're in, that we are traveling in, which is this earth life that we have left the presence of God. We are traveling in a spiritual wilderness where we are experiencing all sorts of, um, experiences that are, uh, aiding to our growth or, could even some situations can even distract us or take us away from growth and the ultimate goal of eternal life with our heavenly father. Um, I had several, uh, individuals that I thought about who went into a wilderness from the scriptures. And of course, the first one that I thought about was the children of Israel, because that's what we're studying right now. But, um, in Exodus 15, 22, in the old Testament, it said, so Moses brought Israel from the red sea and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, And they went three days in the wilderness 
And so he, this is the beginning of the Exodus after they, he parts the Red Sea and they head out into the um, wilderness to live. The process that the children of Israel went through, like it said, um, and I've heard before that to go on foot, to go from the location that they were at, which is Egypt, to go to the promised land in Canaan. According to the things that I've heard, it's 10 to 14 days, depending on the travel time on foot. But it took 40 years because, as we know, it was more about what the Lord wanted them to become and what they needed to learn on this journey. Um, the other, another family that I thought about is the children of Lehi. So the Book of Mormon starts out with them having to leave the land of Jerusalem and go into the wilderness. And in first Nephi chapter two, it says, and it came to pass that he departed into the wilderness. This is talking about Lehi and he left his house and the land of his inheritance and his gold, his silver, his precious things, and took nothing with him, save it were his family and provisions and tents and departed into the wilderness. So we start out with, um, uh, you know, in the scriptures in the Book of Mormon, with another family leaving on a journey into the wilderness. Now, think about the time that they stayed in the wilderness. Eight years they journeyed in the wilderness before uh, the ship was finished, and they boarded that ship and headed to the promised land. And in the process of those eight years, think about all the things they went through. They gave thanks regularly, they suffered loss. Their women lived, they lived upon raw meat and they bore children. They made covenants. There was conflict. They had travail. They had hardships. They had to construct and build things to shelter, protect one another and their families. Like I said earlier, the women delivered children. They had to wait. They eight years is a long time. And they had to wait upon the Lord and wait until he gave them more instruction. They had to work. They had to, they obtained plates so that they could maintain a record of their people and keep that instruction so that they could teach their children. And they would have a way to remember the blessings of their fathers and not forget the covenants that were made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They had to seek light. They had a compass that was given to them, the Leahona that showed them the way to go and, um, and gave them the direction so that they could have a direct path to get food, to get where they needed to go and to obtain, um, supplies to protect themselves. There were also visions, dreams. They also, on this wilderness journey in, of eight years, it talks about warnings that they had warnings. There was also visions that were shown. Lehi had the vision. One of the visions that we know about from the scriptures is the tree of life. They also um, offered sacrifices at altars. They offered sacrifices unto the Lord. And Moses did the same thing. He had, there was an altar that he offered sacrifices of too. The next family that I thought about is in the book of Ether, the brother of Jared and his brother and their families. So 
they gather together. They're told to gather their Jared, his brother, his families. They are told by the Lord that they're going to go into a valley, which is northward. And this valley is called Nimrod. And they're to gather their flocks, their herds, male, female of every kind. And they're also to lay snares. They're to catch birds. They're to prepare vessels so that they can transport the fish of the waters on these barges that eventually they'll be instructed to create, to build. They are also carrying with them. Uh, it's called Deseret, which is interpretation is the honeybee. So they're carrying swarms of bees with them and they're getting everything that they can. That's on the face of the land seeds of every kind and all that they have to go down into the Valley of Nimrod. And so the brother of Jared talks to the Lord in a cloud and Jared can't see the Lord, but this is what the Lord says to him. And it came to pass that the Lord commanded them that they should go forth into the wilderness. yea, into that quarter where they never had been where, where there never had man been. And it came to pass that the Lord did go before them and did talk with them as he stood in a cloud and gave directions, whether they should travel. And it came to pass that they did travel in the wilderness and they did build barges in which they did cross many waters being directed continually by the hand of the Lord. So here is the brother of Jared, and he is instructed by the Lord to gather all that he can to work, to procure, to get to ways. Uh, he's also given ways to provide light that while they're in the vessels, they have the barges, they're able to have light to guide them. Um, and they're said, they're told to go forth into the wilderness and the Lord led them by day and by night. Okay. The next individuals that I thought about who go off into a wilderness are the pioneers. So in the fall of 1845, they, there's a council of 50 and they vote to organize an immigration to leave Nauvoo and head West in the following, <clears throat> excuse me, the following spring of 1846. So the first group that leaves Nauvoo that crosses the Mississippi river is in February of 1846. Now Brigham Young, he, um, in 1847, July 24th, 1847, he enters the Salt Lake Valley. So knowing from just, uh, history and reading about church history between, um, 1847 and 1868 before the transcontinental railroad was completed, there were nearly 60 to 80,000 Latter-day Saints who migrated from the United States, Canada, and Europe across the North American Great Plains to Utah. Uh, most of the immigrants traveled in wagon trains or handcarts, along with a network of trails that generally took months to cross. The records of those who made this trek describe their diverse experiences, which include episodes of disease, danger, bravery, and miracles, but mostly stretches of an uneventful travel and inspiring scenes of outdoor beauty. So just like the brother of Jared, uh, Lehi and the children of Israel, <clears throat> excuse me, when they head off on this journey, 
they <clears throat> experienced all kinds of different, I'm so sorry, I've got something in my throat, issues. The, the pioneers, they had times where things broke down, where they had to stop, they had to wait, they had to work, they had to remember to keep the covenants that some of them have made, had made in the temple before they left on the trek. They had to build things. Women bore children on the trail. They had to um, keep any records that they could to transport with them so that they could remember to teach their children. They sought light. They sought personal revelation. There were warnings. We know of many, 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 many stories of people that had warnings about different situations. Um, there was a revelation given to Brigham Young in 1847 that likened his journey with the saints to the biblical Exodus. And this is what it said. I am he who led the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, the Lord said, and my arm is stretched out in the last days to save my people Israel. He commanded the saints to organize into companies and provide for each other, especially the poor widowed and orphaned. Answering this call to help all saints reach Zion and leave no one behind. I found an awesome quote from Joseph B. Worthland that I wanted to share. It was in an Enzyme article, Faith of Our Fathers. And I felt like it really pulled together this whole concept of the wilderness, of all of us heading into a wilderness, a journey, an earthly experience, where we're having to build our own trans our barges, spiritually speaking. We're having to construct and work and bear and uphold and keep and wait. And this is what Elder Worthland said. He said in 1846, more than 10,000 people left the thriving city of Nauvoo that had been built on the banks of the Mississippi River. With faith in, a prof in prophetic leaders, those early church members left their city beautiful and struck off into the wilderness of the American frontier. They did, they did not know exactly where they were going, precisely how many miles lay ahead, how long the journey would take or what the future held in store for them. But they did know that they were led by the Lord and his servants. So the pioneers, they went out into the wilderness of the American frontier on a journey to the Salt Lake Valley, which was in their mind, the promised land. Okay. I also thought about Adam and Eve. If you start out in the book of the old Testament, you hear the story of Adam and Eve and Eve partakes of the fruit and Adam follows and partakes of the fruit himself. And they're told by the Lord that they are going to, uh, the ground's going to be cursed and they're going to be thorns and thistles and they'll, sh they shall work by the sweat of their brow and they shall eat the herb of the field. And it, um, the Lord tells them, and he says unto Adam also unto his wife, that the Lord God make coats of skin and he clothed them. And the Lord said, behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword, which turned every way. So the Lord 
Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden of Eden into a lone and dreary world into the wilderness where they had to learn to work by the sweat of their brow, had to, um, Eve bore children, had to provide places for protection, built an altar and offered sacrifices unto the Lord. They, um, had conflict when they began to have children. Think about Cain and Abel. They had to, um, seek direction, revelation, inspiration, all the things that Lehi shares and the experiences they had, just like the children of Israel, the pioneers and the brother of Jared, Adam and Eve did the same experience, the same things as they traveled in the wilderness, just in their certain location. So I started thinking about, and there's many, many things. These are just a few things that I thought about, but I started thinking about what did they carry with them in the wilderness? Like, what was it that they took with them? So I specifically was thinking of Lehi and I'm thinking about you and I, and our journey, like, what are we taking with us in this earth life? What are we relying upon to give us direction to be successful and overcome the hardships, trials, travails, uh, experiences, being a human being, what, what are we using to uh, be able to get through these things? So the first thing that I thought about was they had the scriptures. So we have the scriptures. We have a record of the people that we can learn to become more like the savior and our father in heaven through reading about them and reading about those that lived before us. It was very important that Lehi have his sons return to the city of Jerusalem to get those plates because they needed them for a record for their children. Um, wherefore, it was wisdom in the Lord that we should carry them with us as we journeyed in the wilderness towards the promised land. So in the wilderness, they needed the scriptures. We need the scriptures in our personal journey of our wilderness. The other thing that they were given was a compass, a guide, a Leahona. In 1 Nephi 16, it says in, uh, that Lehi arose from his tent door in the morning, and he found, to his great astonishment, a round ball of curious workmanship. And it pointed the way whither they should go in the wilderness. And we know from Alma 37 that... Um, it's behold, it is easy to give heed to the word of Christ, which will point you in a straight course to eternal bliss as it was for our fathers to give heed to this compass, which did point them on a straight course to the promised land. And now I say, is there not a type in this for just as surely as the director to bring our fathers by following its course to the promised land, shall the words of Christ, if we follow their course, carry us beyond this veil of sorrow into a far better land of promise. So we have the scriptures, the Leahona, there's, we have the words of the living prophet of the apostles that instruct and teach us that guide us this, that point us to the promised land. And so it works according to their obedience and their faith. And so we, as we are traveling through this earth life, we need to trust that we are being directed and guided and seek and seek our own, our own personal revelation that what we are being taught is truth and follow that. 
The other thing that it was very important that Lehi and also the children of Israel and the brother of Jared and, um, and Adam and Eve was they had each other. They took their family. If you remember, uh, Nephi tells his sons to, um, it was not meet that they should, Lehi says, it's not meet. The Lord tells me it's not meet that we should be alone. So we need to take our family into the wilderness, but you need to go also have wives. And so in, um, in time, Lehi sends his sons back to go and get, um, Ishmael's family so that they can fulfill the promises of the Lord and keep the covenants they've made. Cause they wanted to raise up a righteous seed unto the Lord. So they have their scriptures. They've got the Leahona, which is the words of Christ that, that lead them, that guide them, that instruct them. They have their family. The other thing that Lehi did in the wilderness is they made offerings in the wilderness. Uh, it says, and it came to pass that we did come down into the tent of our father. And after I and my brethren and all the house of Ishmael had come down to the tent of my father. They did give thanks unto the Lord, their God, and they did offer sacrifice and burnt offerings unto him. So what is our sacrifice? It's giving up something for a better cause. What is that? Are we offering up? Are we keeping our covenants? Are we offering up our sacrificing our time, talents, and energy in building God's kingdom? You know, that's what they had with them in the wilderness was they offered sacrifice. The other thing that I thought about that they had in the wilderness with them was with their provisions. And it came to pass that we did gather together whatsoever things we should carry into the wilderness and all the remainder of our provisions with the Lord had given unto us. And we did take seed of every kind that we might carry into the wilderness. <clears throat> so the Lord has provided us with provisions. So what are we carrying with us that will strengthen us and bring us to the promised land? He has given us so many things. And like, you know, Nephi talks about that they take seed of every kind. So what are some provisions, spiritually speaking, are we carrying with us in our wilderness journey? The other thing that they, that Nephi and Jer the brother Jared and the children of Israel is they needed food. They needed food in the wilderness. In first Nephi 16, it says, and it came to pass that we did take our bows and our arrows and go forth into the wilderness to slay food for our families. And after we had slain food for our families, we re did return again to the families in the wilderness to the place of Shazer. And we did go forth again in the wilderness, following the same direction, keeping in the most fertile parts of the wilderness, which were in the borders near the Red Sea. So I thought a lot about food, about feasting on the words of Christ. We talked, I already talked about how they had the scriptures, but what are we feeding our spiritual souls with? Are we feeding ourselves with good thoughts? Are we feeding ourselves with action that will fill up our body, spiritually speaking, with good nourishment? They sought food in the wilderness. They had to obtain food to survive. If they didn't have food, they would dwindle and perish. And as you know, when Nephi's bow breaks, they are very, very, very upset with him. And they want to kill him because they can't get food. So he goes and he constructs for himself a bow out of wood and makes it so that he can go hunt and provide for the family. So spiritually speaking, what are some food 
what is some food that we are carrying with us in this wilderness that is beneficial to our journey that is helping us along. Um, Matt and I had the opportunity two different times now to go on our stakes youth pioneer trek. And we were a mom and pa, uh, several years ago. And then we were a mom and pa again, just a couple few years ago. And, um, I have to tell you that I know that, I mean, we, we were in a safe location, but we got there, we got our hand carts, we got our families. We had very low amount of provisions. Um, we were given certain foods. Now I have to tell you that they did provide us with great food. So when we got to the evenings and stopped at lunches, we were provided with incredible food. So we didn't have to go and hunt and bows and arrows, but the children each brought their own scriptures. We, like I said, were a family. We had a family unit. Uh, we had anywhere from eight to 10 kids, depending on which trek we were on. And we had to make certain sacrifices to go in this wilderness journey, Matt had to, um, you know, with his work, he is an administrator, but he had to put things aside with any communication. We didn't have our cell phones. We didn't have to, we just had to focus on these children and going on this spiritual journey in the wilderness with them on this pioneer trek. And as we gave up of things that were not beneficial for us on this wilderness trek that we took with our, our pioneer family, we learned to love one another and be patient and forgiving. And we went through a lot of different trials. Some of our kids would get really bad blisters and heat exhaustion. And, uh, one night we had a horrible rainstorm that lasted all night long. We were soaking wet but there were so many spiritual experiences that happened from that alone. And we, um, there, it was hot, there was sunburns. And just like when I thought about all the things that Lehi experienced in their wilderness journey on their way to, um, the promised land, we had to give thanks a lot and remind our children, you know, even when they were upset or tired and didn't want to keep moving on or wanted to take a break or felt like things weren't the way they wanted them, we reminded them we need to give thanks. And we did suffer, but we tried to stay forward and there were conflicts, you know, siblings on the trek with us are, are we call them our pioneer children. They, um, would get upset with each other. We had to work those things out. Uh, there would be, they had to build and construct certain things. Um, as we moved along, uh, we also had to wait there were times where things happened with other hand carts. So we had to just stop and wait. And, you know, that's not always easy when, uh, growing up in this society that we live in, it's hard to wait. Right. But we did, we had to sit and, and wait. We also had to seek light and we would sing songs and we would try to find things that were uplifting and would help us to fill the spirit. We also had moments that we were warned about different things and we had to be more cautious. And I have to tell you that even though it was a week long trek, I will never forget specifically the first trek that we went on. We were the first hand cart to arrive in the promised land, the unquote, you know, promised land Zion. And, um, when we arrived there, I cannot tell you the joy I felt in my heart. I truly, I loved all of our children. I love Matt. I 
was so thankful that we arrived on green grass in a beautiful um, tree-lined runway of grass with sprinklers. Um, they gave us the coldest watermelon, the best watermelon I've ever eaten in my life. They opened a cooler and gave us fresh, cold, cold watermelon. It was absolutely delicious. And I will never forget the feelings I had knowing that all we went through that whole week with, in both treks with thundering, lightning, heat, tiredness, hard work, crying, pain, bodily hurt, pain, swelling, lack of sleep, back pain, whatever. Yet we had so many blessings, so many gifts from God, so much mercy given to us. And the love that I felt for all of our children and our experience will never be forgotten. And I will always be grateful for that wilderness journey in such a time, short period of time. So I know that our journey on this earth, our wilderness journey can have all those elements and, and some have more than others, but there is hope. There is light. There is joy. And elder Holland gave an awesome talk in October, 2008. And I'm just going to read a portion from it because I love how he brings up the, our own wildernesses in the course of life. All of us spend time in dark and dreary places, wilderness, circumstances of sorrow or fear or discouragement. Our present day is filled with global distress over financial crisis, energy problems, terrorist attacks, and natural calamities. These translate into individual and family concerns, not only about homes in which we live and food available to eat, but also about the ultimate safety and well-being of our children and the latter-day prophecies about our planet. More serious than these, and sometimes related to them, are matters of ethical, moral, and spiritual decay seen in populations, large and small, at home and abroad. But I testify that angels are still sent to help us even as they were sent to help Adam and Eve, to help the prophets, and indeed to help the Savior of the world himself. Matthew records in his gospel that after Satan had tempted Christ in the wilderness, angels came and ministered unto him. Even the Son of God, a God himself, had need for heavenly comfort during his sojourn in mortality. And so such ministrations will be to the righteous until the end of time. I ask everyone within the sound of my voice to take heart, be filled with faith, and remember the Lord has said that he would fight our battles, our children's battles, and the battles of our children's children. And what we do to merit such a defense, we are to search diligently, pray always, and be believing. Then all things shall work together for our good, if we walk uprightly and remember the covenant wherewith we have covenanted, the latter days are not a time to fear and tremble. They are a time to be believing and remember our covenants. I want to just finish off reading a scripture in Exodus 14. And just even though in our mortal journey, in our personal wilderness, like Elder Holland mentioned all these things that are going on. Christ was even tempted in his wilderness by Satan. 
everything will be okay. The Lord will fight our battles. He'll fight our children's battles and he'll fight our children's children's battles. And in Moses, it says, and Moses said unto the people, fear ye not stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. And the Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day. I am so grateful that you listened to my latest podcast. Please share these episodes with your family and friends. I look forward to being with you again soon. Have a great day.